mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is from Job. And again, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. That's a tornado. And he said, Who is this that darkens my counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you will make it known to me. Dear friends of Christ, some people say they never question God. I talk to them, oh, I don't question God. You know, when they're having difficulty in their life, somebody dies, they say, well, I never question God. And other people, they question God a lot. What kind of person are you? And, and who's right? Is it okay to question God or not question God? But for those of you who question God, you're in good company because there's one whole book of the Bible that's filled with questioning God. It's the book of Job. And so our text today, Job is questioning God. And how did God answer Job's question? How dare you question me? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like shutting him down. I, I once had a theologian uh, was teaching me and I, he said something that I thought to be wrong. I was a pastor, a young pastor at the time. But he asked me, he said, I, I, I asked a question and he said, who has been a theologian longer? And I said, you have, sir. And he said, who has the name doctor in front of his name? And I said, you do, sir. And he said, until you are my age and you have the name doctor in front of me, you have no right to question me. And he shut me down. None of us like to be shut down like that, right? And that's exactly what Jesus did to Job. Just shut him down, and yet Job had questions. Lord, I have all kinds of these calamities that have fallen upon me. I'm suffering, and I just want to know why. Why am I suffering? Why am I hurting? Why, when I pray to you, you don't even seem to listen to me? Why do you turn your back when I'm suffering? And how come you don't give me a day in court so that I can plead my cause and show you that I don't deserve this? But God did come to Job. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. He said, who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? It's kind of like a movie, isn't it? Where somebody comes to the mouth of a cave and and talks to the mighty one within. Who is this that enters a cave and comes without knowledge? Right? Can you imagine standing before a tornado? Being that close to a tornado? That would be unnerving. And then standing in front of the tornado, and you know a tornado, it kind of sounds like a, they say a freight train. This mighty whirlwind. And Job standing in front of this mighty whirlwind. How terrifying that is all by itself. And then it talks to you. Who is this that enters my council without knowledge? <laughs> and then what does that mean? That the voice comes to you in a tornado. I don't know, but you know what I think it means? You don't question God. How many of you still dare to think that you can question God, though? Think that you can question the things that's happening in your life. How many of you think you're smarter than God? How many of you think you can actually come up with a question that God can't answer? You think you can come up with a question God can't answer? Well, before you answer, I want you to consider this, that, that God says, 
in, in Revelation, I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, I am the first, I am the last, I am the beginning, and I am the end. I am the Almighty, and I have all power and I have all knowledge. And remember this, Job questioned this Almighty God. It's interesting, uh, as I looked at the word Almighty, the Almighty God answered Job by saying, Shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? Shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? And yet Job called the Lord Almighty. 32 times. 32 times in the book of Job. It's interesting, the word Almighty, you'd think it'd be found all throughout the Bible. It's only found 52 times, 32 of them in the book of Job. And so even though he's suffering, he still says, God, you're of the Almighty. You're the all-powerful one. Job knew God controlled everything. Job knew that God has an answer for everything. Job knew God has a plan for everything. And yet, in his sin nature, he couldn't help himself when he was suffering and when things weren't going wrong. He had questions. Things happen, and God doesn't make sense. And so our theme today, to question or not to question. Do you think there is a question that God can't answer? If you do, you don't understand God. But people think they can outsmart God, and they, they think in their own human intellect that they can outwit Him, and they ask ridiculous, ridiculous questions, simple questions that have no answer. A child, however, doesn't look smarter than his parents when he asks, how many hours are there in a mile? Silly question. Or when the child asks, is yellow square or round? It's a foolish question. And the child who asks that is just showing his childishness. And so it is with us. When we ask questions without knowledge. If God is all-powerful, we think, can He create something more powerful than He So we come up with these silly questions. Questions that in God's perfect intellect, in His all-knowing, make no sense to God. And I wonder when we ask those nonsensical questions what God thinks about us. Besides, who are we to be questioning God anyway? Can a finite being question the infinite God? Can the created being question the Creator? Can the pot question the potter? And that's the point Paul was trying to make in the book of Romans when he said, but who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay? So are we to question God or not question God? He is the Creator. He is the Lord over all things. And He doesn't owe us any answers. 
He's God above us all. He can do what He wants to do whenever He wants to do it. Even Christ didn't always answer the questions of the people that followed Him. Even Christ sometimes was pretty stubborn and seemingly unloving. He never told us why the gospel is hidden from the wise and the learned, but God has revealed the truth of His salvation to His children. Except by saying, "Eh, it pleased the Father. And again, God never explained why He loved Jacob and despised Esau. He simply said, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. I'll have compassion on whom I have compassion. Those words seem kind of cold, don't they? Kind of indifferent. Unloving. And I bet that bugs you. I bet it bugs you to hear things like that, and it should. Because it doesn't jive with what we know God to be. It's incongruent. It's not the same. God tells us He's a loving God. He tells us He wants all people to be saved. It doesn't agree with a God who wants all people, wants to love all people, and wants to save all people. But do you think God should have to explain Himself to us? Do you think God has to give us a reason for everything that is confronting us, everything that He does? You know, people, are, people don't like it when they're treated that way. People don't like to have to defend every difficult choice they make. So what did you do that for? Why do I have to tell you? Parents don't tell their children everything. They don't, the children don't need to know everything. It's so because the parents said so. And that's the way it is with employers. Employers don't have to tell their employees anything or everything. But when it comes to our Creator, we want our Creator to be telling us what's going on. Why, why are things happening to us? Why are these difficult things in our lives? And He doesn't have to give us an answer. You know why? He is God the Almighty. He made everything. Everything is accountable to Him. He's accountable to nobody, and He's accountable to nothing. And again, this bugs people. People don't want an almighty God. But here's the problem. If God is not almighty, uh, then we can call Him into question. If God is almighty and He doesn't have all power, then we can question the things that He does because now they, have, now they can be fallible. And, he, and this God who's not almighty can make mistakes. And not only can we question some of the things, we can question everything that He does. Maybe there's something more powerful than He then. Maybe there's someone more powerful than He. But there are none. No powerful, no more powerful than he. But this doesn't stop the sinner from questioning God and God's will. In our gospel lesson, we see Jesus and his disciples, and they're all out on that boat. And, and in the Sea of Galilee, Jesus is exhausted. He's been teaching all day. A storm comes up, water's filling the boat, and the disciples think that they're about to drown. And consider Jesus how he answers the disciples' questions. They wake him up and they say, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care about us? 
we're about to drown. And it's interesting how Jesus replied to their question. You'd think he'd say, well, of course I care. I mean, if my kids came up to me and said, Dad, don't you care? Well, of course I care. Jesus, don't you care we're about to die? And how did Jesus respond? He says, why are you such cowards? Right? Why are you afraid? Do you still not have faith? Never answered the question. And those words sound unfeeling. They sound kind of cold again, don't they? Like God doesn't care. Maybe he's unloving. But how can we call him unloving? He did, after all, calm the storm, didn't he? He did, after all, take care of them. And the Bible speaks quite clearly of the love of God, of his mercy and grace. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he becomes a new creation. If you're in Christ, you're a new person. God has done this. The old is gone, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ has reconciled us to himself, not counting our trespasses against us. Since we are reconciled through Christ, God can't be angry with us. There's nothing, there's no sin to judge. All the sins are washed away. Jesus bore the burden. He, he bore our sins upon the cross. He took the punishment we deserve and he placed it upon himself. How could we ever say he doesn't love us? He doesn't care. That doesn't make any sense. A love like that doesn't make any sense. Why would God love sinners like us who don't love Him very well, who don't obey His commandments, don't follow in His ways, don't pray to Him, don't talk to Him, don't even like to study His Word very much? Why would He do that? That kind of love is inexplicable. So why don't people question God's grace? Why don't people question God's love for sinful people like us? If you're going to question God about other things in life that you don't understand, about all your sufferings and all your pains, then why not ask Him, Lord, why do you love me? Why do you give me eternal life? My sins don't deserve to be forgiven. I don't deserve to be saved, but we question, don't we? Teacher, don't you care? Don't you care? They were about to drown. That's what the disciples asked. But they knew better. They knew better. They had seen Jesus heal the sick. They knew that Jesus cared. They had seen Jesus raise people from the dead. They knew Jesus didn't want people to perish. They'd seen him cure the blind and the lame. They knew how he loved people. They'd seen Jesus feed the, feed the hungry. They knew how Jesus hated starvation and if Jesus is willing to do all these good things for all these other people the disciples thought surely Jesus will give us a miracle surely Jesus will step forward in the midst of this storm and care for us right they knew the power of Jesus they knew the power of God's love but they were overwhelmed by the storm 
they were overwhelmed by the waves. You know, we know the power of God's love too. We know He's almighty like Job did. And yet sometimes we're overwhelmed by the storms of life. And Job questioned God because of what he was seeing. The disciple questioned God because of what they were seeing was happening. Job questioned God because in one day, all ten of his children were killed. In one day, a tornado came and destroyed his house. A fire destroyed all his property. All his cattle were killed. And he lost everything. And then, of course, we know later he got that terrible disease disease and these afflictions that didn't square, they didn't jive with what Job knew about a loving God. If God is loving, if you are so loving, if you are so almighty, then why? Why these disasters in my life? Why suffering? Why pain? Why grief? King David questioned God when he saw how the wicked prospered. He said, Lord, why are the righteous always suffering and the wicked always prospering? Jesus even questioned his heavenly father. The night before he died in the Garden of Gethsemane, why do I have to suffer for the sin of the world? Isn't there another way? His suffering didn't jive with the love of his heavenly father. So about now, many of you are are quite confused. So do we question God or not question God? Well, the law says absolutely not. The law says, who are you to question God? But the gospel of grace and mercy and peace gives us faith. And in faith, when we see things that are incongruent with God's love, we question not in rage, and we question not in defiance, but we question like a, a young child trusting his heavenly Father, why does my almighty God allow me to hurt? Why does my almighty God allow me to suffer? I know he loves me. I know he has sent his son, Jesus, to die for my sins. I know his mercy. I know his grace. I know his kindness. I know there's nothing God cannot do. But why do you let your people suffer? And we can speculate on that, and people do. And there were the three friends of Job, and they speculated. And they came up with all kinds of things and said, Job, you're just a sinner. You're such a sinner. You've got hidden sin, unrepentant sin in your life, and that's why God is piling all this stuff on you. You need to repent. And when God finally came and he confronted Job at the end, In Job chapter 40, and he confronted his friends, God condemned his friends. He did not condemn Job and his questions. He challenged Job in his questions, but he did not condemn Job. Job just wanted to know. We can speculate on why and how and what purpose God allowed certain things to happen in your life and mine. And some of our sinful speculation can sound quite biblical and holy, but it's wrong. The bottom line is this, you can't know the mind of God. He's not our pawn, he's not accountable to us. He does not have to give us an answer. We may question, but God leaves many things unanswered, and that's okay. 
That's okay. Listen, we know God cares. We know God cares, don't we? I mean, He comes to us in the sacraments. He comes to you in, in the waters of holy baptism to wash your sin away. He comes to you in the body and blood of His, of his Lord's Supper. You know He cares. He sent His Son. We know He comes to forgive. He came to Job in the tornado. We know He cares because He came. However, when He did come, He didn't answer Job's question. Matter of fact, He never answered Job's question. We know He cares because with the disciples, He calmed the storm, but He never answered their question. Lord, do you care if we die? However, in each case, God revealed that He cared. He did come to visit Job. He did calm the storm. And God comes to you too. And He reveals that by coming to you in His Word and His sacraments and Holy Communion. He gives you the promise of His hope. He gives you the assurance that things will get better, if not in this life, in the life to come. No, Job never did find out why. He never found out the why. But he did find out the who. In baptism and absolution, especially communion, you find out the who. And the Christian who knows the who can bear with the how even if we don't know the why. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.